got an opinion? You can call the show on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Sound off on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. I think that this is going to be a really good team this year. They'll get better as the season goes on. I don't think you need to wait two or three years. This is a ready-made product. Remember, they didn't fire Lincoln Riley. He chose to leave, so things weren't going poorly. Could they go even better? Recruiting, in short term, has already said yes. What does the model say Oklahoma will be on the field this year? Best case, 11-1. Worst case, 7-5. The prediction for Oklahoma this year, we got them right there. 10-2. Who was that? <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> That's good. Josh Pate, 247. Um, that was a really good show growing uh, exponentially year after year. 10-2, safe pick on Oklahoma. That's kind of middle of the road, especially whenever you look at their schedule. 10-2, totally attainable. 11-1, attainable. Likely. Oh. I even you know it's we haven't had an undefeated regular season since 2004. Yeah. Yep. And you know it's it's not likely, it's very unlikely, but as you said probably going to be better than most everyone that we play and be favored in every game, but that's the case case most every year. Um, gosh, can you believe it's been that long? It's, yeah, I mean, go look at some Alabama national championship teams. It's hard to roll through, and I understand that they've played in a much tougher conference than OU's had during that time, but it's just, it's when, you, when you're when you in Oklahoma, when you're in Alabama, when you're in Ohio State, and Bob Stoops said it all those years, and it's true, OU gets a different team than all those other teams in the conference do. I mean, you are you're getting everyone's best shot twelve out of the you know twelve games out of the year. It's crazy though. We had undefeated regular seasons three out of five years during a span. Um, undefeated regular seasons, and then it hasn't happened since. That's that's wild, and I like the conference. Has been totally gettable. It's been totally as, feasible. As most as gettable as that the conference has ever been before. It's arguably it's tough though. I mean, it's always tough to run the table and not drop one. Even great teams, you know. The will, problem will drop is a game. the games that you've dropped in the past are to teams where you say like, I mean, they played well that day, I guess, but dang, you lost to these guys. Yeah. You know, looking back at some of those Iowa State and Kansas State teams, it's just it, yeah. I mean. But I, I, we don't have a model like Josh Pate has. His model says best case eleven and one, worst case seven and five. Their prediction ten and two. Best case scenario for me is is twelve and zero, just because I think they're going to be better than every single team they play. Worst case, worst case to me has to be eight and four. I don't think the ceiling goes as low as seven and five. And I'm using the history of OU football the past twenty years to kind of back that up. But I just. I, I, I honest to God cannot see this team 
winning just seven games this year. This will not be a seven and five or eight and four football team. It just uh, it it just won't. the The teams that have well, they were eight and five in what fourteen? Uh, yeah, and oh nine, and then in oh five. Well, they won eight games those those years, right? But like uh, this, I just I don't. It's not. I don't see that happening. I just can't. I can't wrap my head around that happening unless, like we said earlier, you've got some type of uh, wild injury situation that has taken place. And anytime you lose your starting quarterback, you know, if you were to lose them early, well, then that opens up any real possibility. Yeah, and that's right. But even with that being said, at quarterback, okay, then we we would really have to reevaluate our expectations of this team. But, I still- but at any other position, man? Any other position. And, and yeah, there, there will be some sort of a drop-off, I'm, I'm guessing, from your starters at most positions to your two deep guys. But it sounds like they have more depth in spots that they haven't. I mean, for the first time in a while, they've got some real depth at some spots. Yeah, Offensive line was slash is a question mark, but it sounds like they might be eight deep there. Offensive line playing really well. You know, I don't know that we've got a superstar back. But we've got multiple backs that I think you can trust carrying the football. We're deep at wide receiver. We're deep at tight end. Um, I, I, I even struggle saying that if, knock on wood, Gabriel went down right now, that we wouldn't win eight games. Yeah. I still I'm, think I'm, we would. Sure, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I could be could be naive on that, but – I don't know. That seems that seems exceptionally low. Like people throw that out. You say, "Well, how could you say that the that the that the ceiling is twelve and zero? They haven't gone twelve and zero since two thousand and five. Well, how could you say the floor is seven and five? They haven't gone seven and five since nineteen ninety nine. You know, so both of those are are unlikely, but They've been knocking on the door of undefeated, you know, one loss regular seasons, two loss regular seasons, pretty much year after year. They have not been knocking on the door of seven and five. Sure. And so. again, and that's even that seven and five year in 1999, a couple of plays go different. They're an eight or nine win team that year. Right. Well, um, someone made a comment to me last night saying, hey, what time's the UTEP game? 2.30. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, you're not going to be able to really figure out how good OU is against them anyway. And the conversation just kind of shifted into something else. But I came back to it this morning and I said, is that necessarily 100% true? I, granted, if OU beats UTEP 55-7, to we do tend to overreact, especially me at times. But I don't even think I'm going to come here and say, yep, yeah, they're the best team in the country. But I do think that based off of that first game, there are some areas where we're going to be able to tell if this team is better or not. If the tackling is better, if gang tackling is more of a thing, there are some, there are some pieces like to, to the whole puzzle that I think that we're going to be able to tell that they're better than last year, even if it's just UTEP after game one. Yeah, um, I see. I laugh at that statement because we. 
we wait all year round. Football season comes. You've only got 12 regular season games. And already people want to dismiss the first one because, well, you can't learn anything from that game anyways about how good they're going to be. That's why I don't I, – I totally throw out the uh, you don't want to ruin the regular season. People already don't care about the regular season. Yeah. You know, especially for a team like Oklahoma that is, you know, constantly in big games. It's like, well, you know, I'll wait around for the Big 12 championship. It doesn't mean anything unless we win that. And I don't know. I feel like we're always waiting for the one that matters. Right. Well, and in OU's case, the schedule, you're not going to get that with UTEP or Kent State. If you beat Nebraska, it's well, – they were three and nine last year. That didn't really tell us how good this team is. Right. You beat Kansas State at home. Well, yeah, you were a thirteen and a half point favorite. Of course you do. You beat Texas. Like it's kind of like a yeah. like. So I don't want to hear the yeah. the it. But on the other side, if you play poorly against Tulane in the first game, it's these yeah. guys suck well, again. Which is a conversation we have to have because previously. We've always said what's best for the show is to win every game, but just barely do it, right? Is that Are we going with that same philosophy this year? Oh, I think it's got to be Dylan Gabriel throws a 65-yard Hail Mary with uh, to win it. Yeah. <laughs> Down five? Yeah. And uh, OU misses five field goals, so we have a kicker uh, situation on our hands. Yeah, that's what we need. We just, we just need poor, poor kicking. That, that we can handle. Play great everywhere else. Poor kicking. That way, we have something to uh, uh, to throw punches. But at But I I do think week. even before the Nebraska game is upon us, like the first two games, there are certain aspects of this team that we're going to be able to tell if they're better or not. We've seen enough college football. We've seen what the defense has looked like recently. We'll be able to tell. I think more than anything, fundamentally, if this team has made strides, and I would expect that they have. Yeah, I'm trying to think. You know. In, it's been a long time since we've come out of the gate looking good. You got to yeah. go back to 2019. <laughs> yeah, man. That uh, well, 2018 they beat down on FAU, and then what? 2019 they beat Houston at home. Yep, beat FAU, um, and then beat Houston. But like 2020, you beat Missouri State and Petrino, but then you lost your next two games. Sure, uh, to K State and Iowa State. And obviously, last year we've already talked about it. You uh, you almost got beat at home by Tulane. Obviously, blew out Western Carolina. But then your next game was was Nebraska, one score game. They got the ball late, closer than it should have been. West Virginia after that, you know, sixteen thirteen football game. So we it would be I mean it would be noteworthy if they rattled off two big huge wins against their non-conference opponents as bad as they are it would still be noteworthy and it, like yeah no like wide open runners down the field and Kent State has two easy touchdowns in the first quarter because of guys wide open down the field 
I, I just expect to see a defense that's just fundamentally like they'll they'll give up points in in those first two games. I don't think they're going to give up thirty one points or anything like that. But I just expect to see a defense that to our eyes we're like okay they're they're better. We'll see how much better they really are down the road. I'll hear that a thousand times, but we'll be able to tell that they're improved. What was my hot take? Was it we give up 13 points through the non-conference? Yeah, Sean likes to remind me of that consistently. Is that what it was? Yeah. That was last year, right? And they gave up 13 points, it felt like, in the first half to Tulane. Is that right? Did I say it again this year? What was my hot take this year? Um, on... It's such a hot take. None of us can remember what it actually was. Yeah, I think. Let's see. I think UTEP doesn't score more than ten. I think Kent State doesn't score more than fourteen. Uh, maybe seventeen, like with a field goal or something. No, I'll say. Uh, I'll say fourteen. And Nebraska? Three. Three? Come on, let's go. It's a hot take. It's gotta it's gotta be hot in yeah, here somewhere. They got this new they got that new offense though. They're gonna open it up. I say they score twenty three. Twenty three Well, you talking about all off season opponents combined or you think Nebraska no, scores twenty three? I think Nebraska scores twenty three. Jeez. Okay. Um What do you mean geez? I think we score like. Well, I was just waiting for a hot take, and you think UTEP, Kent State, and all in Nebraska all score in double digits, e- including Nebraska scores twenty three points. How many times did they score twenty three points last year? Well, they got a new offensive coordinator, and last year I think they scored twenty three points more than that every single game, except for maybe whenever they played Clemson. So okay. And they got a new quarterback that even you said can throw the football around pretty well. Let's see. They didn't score 23 against Illinois. They did against Fordham and Buffalo, but barely against Buffalo. No against OU. No against Michigan State. Uh, Yes against Northwestern. Yes against Michigan. Right on it at Minnesota. Right on it against Purdue. No against Ohio State. Yes against Wisconsin. No against Iowa. So yeah. about five games they didn't score 23 points. Yeah. I thought it was a hot take, though. What's the hot take part in there? 10, 14, and 23 in the non-con? Well. I feel like last year's defense could have done that. <laughs> last year's defense held them to uh, 16 points. Well, yeah, they also gave up 35 to Tulane, right? Yeah. So... I don't know. I just think the way the game unfolds. Last year, you're looking at the wrong um, offense. You need to look at Pitt from last year. Uh, Which they won't scored, have Jordan Addison in a first-round quarterback. They sh- they scored 51 against UMass, 41 against Tennessee, uh, 41 against Western Michigan, 77 against New Hampshire, 52 against Georgia Tech, 28 against uh, Virginia Tech, 27 against Clemson. All right? That's the offense I'm talking about. Yeah, the one that had the Blitnikoff winner and a first-round quarterback last year. Nebraska yeah. better find an offensive line and some skilled players. That's uh, all I got to say. The Thompson kid, a lot of folks are saying his his draft stock is going to fly <laughs> this year. Are right, a lot of people talking about that? Yeah, he's going right. to go from uh, undrafted to maybe a, 
a late rounder. Uh, 9-1-8, UTEP and Kent State were bowl teams last year. That's I mean, we're not talking about just terrible squad. I mean, they're not good, but we're not talking about is that Western true? Carolina coming in. I thought UTEP was, like, winless last year. Uh, no. Haven't they been, I don't think so. Haven't they been, like, next-level god-awful over the last, like, they six won, years? Or they lost the New Mexico Bowl to Fresno State. I don't know how you could remember that. Hmm. Fresno, huh? They were seven and six last season. Seven and six last season, three and five in twenty twenty, and they were one and zero to start off the twenty nineteen season, and then lost their next eleven games straight. Kent won the uh, MAC East last year. Is what it looks like. Seven yeah, and seven overall, and their offense is really good. But every time they play a Power Five school, they get pounded. Let's see. A&M, they lost 41-10. to Iowa, they lost 30-7. to Maryland, they lost 37-16. to yeah, yeah. Accurate. Yeah, when they play Power Even 5 Wyoming schools. Wyoming put up 52 on them in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl last year. Right. Um, yeah, hey, I, um, I'm not skipping over the early season games because we haven't good, looked good recently. Uh, it, it would go a long way to start off in a good manner. I'll be focused on those because right now the regular season uh, means so much in college football. Just don't throw a pick on the second play of the season like last year. Like a uh, like you're tossing a grenade out yeah. of a foxhole. It uh, it always reminds me of was it the first major league where you can always tell how the season's going to go and he hits that slow roller and barely gets on first base. Yeah, I think he uh, says oops when he hits it, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I want UTEP to be carting guys off the field, says Peyton. Physicality. I want to see pads popping is on the text line. Yeah. There we uh, go. I'm with Teddy. Until we see them tackling, I can see them score in 23 against OU. 23, I, you can be up on someone and – you know, playing soft defensively and give up a couple of scores late. Teddy said the first three games last year, OU would give up less than 16 points. This year, he's going the other way. Uh, no, and I was almost right. If it wasn't for the uh, Tulane game, which you have to defend me on that pick, no one saw that coming. If it wasn't for the Tulane game, I wouldn't have been that far off. Yeah, they would have warmed up outside – like actual men <laughs> instead of inside, it would have it would have happened. You're right. That's true. Uh, what the heck is Teddy smoking? And I think we had we had some injuries and stuff early on. Okay. It will be nice to not have to sweat out every single game late in the fourth. Oh, really? That's the jinx of all jinx. Riley was notorious for letting bad teams hang around. Felt like we could lose any game at any time in the end. Right. Yeah. Well. We don't know if that's going to happen this year. My uh, my initial gut tells me it won't. I feel like the demeanor of the team has changed. I feel like the demands on the team have massively changed. So, yeah, I feel like uh, theoretically we should be able to close out football games better. But, hey, getting rid of some of that mentality – isn't as easy as you think. You know, there's there's a lot of organizations that have tried to get rid of whatever whatever that thing is that haunts some programs, uh, and 
it's it's really hard to get rid of it. You know, you've got to totally change everything, and they've done that. So is maybe every, they they'll be successful. Is everyone going to need a moment during the first two games when the head coach actually starts laying into a player on the sideline? Because previously we only saw that if there was a bad call in the field. You know, Bob would chew somebody on the sidelines if he saw it fit, and last guy didn't do that. So right. I think everyone may need a moment the first time they see Britt Vittables chewing someone out on the sideline. Did he, Is that fair? Did Lincoln not ever chew anyone out? Of course not, no. I feel like maybe he did once or twice. God, man. I, I remember just any time you screwed something up defensively, like if you gave up a play, like if you did something bad, like you had a mental mistake and – it resulted in a big play, a first down, God forbid, a score. There would be like five coaches standing there like holding each other back to try and kill you as <laughs> you jogged that. over to the sideline. If that were to happen this year, <laughs> people are going to pass out. By the way, the high, I checked the high at game day. It's supposed to only be a high of 89 for the uh, UTEP game. You believe in it? Yeah. I think it's going to be nice. We're going to have a really nice fall it's going to be beautiful for football. So. Everything right now is looking up. It's going to be amazing. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on next. Opinions. You've got them. We want to hear them. Sound off 24-7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. At Lander Chevrolet of Norman, we are truly driven to serve. Every single one of us, every single day. Getting good people on the road so they can go on to do great things. People just like you. Right now, explore huge savings on our best-selling new Chevy models like the all-new 2022 Tahoe and Silverado. Plus, we want to buy your car and we'll... Um, you know, we certainly were playing catch up with a lot of teams for a long time. I think we've done a good job closing the gap, had our chances to win a lot more games than we have. It, it's our time to do it, and the pressure doesn't change. Uh, for the most part, we've been doing it the right way. Uh, it just hasn't led to the results we want yet. Um, this year's going to be different. Boy, zero personality, huh? I swear that is Trent Smith. It sounds identical to him. In but my Trent's opinion. got a lot more person. It does sound like him. I totally agree. <laughs> uh, and, but yeah. it, Trent's got more personality yeah. than Scott Frost ever thought about having. Coach Stoops would maybe argue Trent Smith has too much personality at times. That's a good thing. <laughs> That's all right. Nothing wrong he with that. He was great. He was always the guy you wanted to go to for a quote. It's awesome. Well, I don't even know if you know about this. Um, we're going to get down the, the rabbit hole here. But it was after the 2002 Big 12 championship game in Houston. Do you remember he going on uh, TV yeah. at that time? Well, you, I didn't know that yeah. until you showed it to me. Pretty funny. So, of course, the other station was uh, ripping on Nate Hibble after he won a Big 12 championship. and Right. It was a weird thing where they were on the air, but with the TV station at the time, and Trent Smith wanted to know uh, who was talking bad about his buddy. I think he said 
probably a couple basketball players that were saying that. Which right. Gottlieb was on the air that time, <laughs> so it's pretty accurate. Uh, that's great. And then, uh, yeah, no big deal. Nate just uh, went on to be the Rose Bowl MVP in the next game. Awesome. Phil Steele says the Miners have the best D-line and O-line in Conference USA, for what it's worth. Okay. Says the text line. All right. Well, there you go. I'll change that pick then. I don't know what I had it uh, exactly before, but I'll Ten. go. Ten is I'll what go, you had it. I'll go 52-7 then. Okay. Nine one eight. Hey, what are you two buttheads? What do you think about Scott Frost saying that his offensive linemen are throwing up 10 to 15 times the game? Is that something to worry about, or are these guys just okay. – <laughs> no, it's not something to worry not about. Not something to worry about. I think he was just joking about – uh, how hard Donovan Riola's been pushing those guys, and I think everyone like took it and ran with it. And he was like, "Listen, I was, I was exaggerating a little bit, okay? So I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's just like a, you know, halfway joking about how difficult practice has been on those guys." Okay, so what is the first offensive play call of the season? Is Lebby known for a surprise or pretty standard off tackle type of play? What if it's 15 yards by Javante Barnes, first down, Sooners. You're saying Javante uh, Barnes nah, the first carry? I just wanted to say Javante Barnes there. Get I'd, everyone excited for a split second? Probably be Marcus Major. But uh, I imagine he'll probably start off with a really standard, uh, you know, just zone running play. They're, they're bread and butter, like mid zone, not not necessarily inside, but mid zone. Probably have a split action off of one of the tight ends. Maybe start off in twelve personnel, and if it's successful, they'll come right back and run the exact same play. If it's successful the second time, he'll come back and run the exact same play. They'll do it all the way down the field if you can't stop it. Ninety nine percent of the play calls that he could have on the first play of the season. That it's all good. Throw the ball deep. Throw a bubble. Simple handoff play, whatever. The only thing that he can't do is run a jet sweep. Just don't run a jet sweep the first play of the season. Right. Well, they will run some jet sweep stuff, and they real, real uh, will run some bubble and tunnel screen stuff. But here's the thing. One of the reasons that I actually am excited about that is because how good – both Daniel Parker and Braden oh, Willis man. look blocking in the slot right now. They are Daniel Parker's going to destroy some dudes in the open field or off the line of scrimmage, whatever. Yeah, I, I think um, I, I I think that I think Lebby against UTEP will be really vanilla, especially early on. I I would be surprised if you saw him come out and and try something a little bit different. Now, as the season rolls on, like the the way he starts off a game could change quite a bit. Uh, at Nebraska, you may see something a little bit different on the uh, the first series. Um, against Texas, you may see something a little bit different on the first series. But against UTEP and Kent State, my guess is it'll be really vanilla. And what are we – come on, you know this. What will we be saying walking out of the stadium when it's vanilla? I don't know. Why was it vanilla? 
why was the play calling vanilla against UTEP and Kent State? Come on. I don't know. Oh, we ain't going to show nothing till Texas uh, anyway. Well, you know that. Come that's on. what I thought. You, I was thinking that for Texas whenever I said it may be different against Texas because we don't show nothing till <laughs> Texas. I just so happen to work in the same office building as that other radio station here in Tulsa. Nothing gives me more joy than to walk through the halls blasting KREF. Nice. And we appreciate that. Zane asks, what do you guys think the 69th offensive play of the game will be? A reverse. I, it'll be a touchdown, whatever it is. We all know that. Come on. <laughs> or actually, the 69th play of the game will be a double reverse. Um, what else you got there? Uh, love calling you guys names over text, of course, not to your face. Then he throws out an <laughs> expletive to us. Nice. Having the best in that conference is like being the smartest. Okay, can't read that one. <laughs> I see what you're talking. I can see him running the ball all the way down the field for a touchdown. Yeah, and like I said, it is a a pretty common thread in this offense. Guys that run this style of offense is if they have success with the play, they will go right back to it instantly, fast, like right back on the ball and snap it again, run the exact same play, and if you don't stop it the second time, they're going to run a third, and they will do it all the way down the field until someone finally makes a play. How many seven-point wins will Sooners muster up this season? Hopefully 12. Though uh, it was once said to me that the biggest lie is that this fan base would take, oh, I'd take a one-point win every single week. Yeah, that ain't, no way. <laughs> I, only, I think there's only – Maybe one game on the schedule that a one-point win will do, and that's Texas. Yeah. Anything yeah. other than that, it may do for the for the very brief moment, but it won't do on Monday, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, some uh, recruiting. Macari yeah. Vickers, four-star safety, number 85 overall player. He's committing on Friday night, halftime of his first football game. That one looks like it's going to be OU. Uh, that would be the fourth Florida commits that OU's had in this class, which looks good. You got a confused look on your face. Why, why are you look so confused that he's uh, announcing halftime of his first game? Halftime? Yeah, I don't know if that's like a week zero game or what the deal is there, but that is it is interesting. Yeah, if I, I'm I don't know, maybe I'm weird, but if well, I it's had definitely weird. If I had a if I was a coach and I had a player that wanted to announce where he was committing to with a bunch of hats on a table at halftime of a football yeah, game. I don't know if that's a scrimmage or if that's an actual game because Oklahoma, I don't know when Florida starts, Oklahoma doesn't start. I guess this would be Oklahoma's week zero. Yeah, maybe got, it's a scrimmage, but I don't know. Well, um, hopefully he picks the University of Oklahoma. It uh, sounds like he's going to. people feel pretty strongly he's going to, You correct? also have, uh, yes, yeah, all the crystal balls point towards that. You also have Anthony Evans announcing on Friday. Four-star wide receiver out of the state of Texas. It's OU in Georgia there. and He's supposed to be – is he the, like the burner, the small burner that's really fast? He yeah, He's fast, and 55-45 in favor of Georgia is what Parker told me today. So it's still really close, but – ever so slightly, starting to trend towards Georgia early in the week. Right. But if you get both of those guys, you will jump to the number four overall class. and te I mean, you'll be like right on the heels of Notre Dame. Yeah. Notre Dame will be at three. I mean, you'll be right just like a few 
not very much of a gap at all. If you just get Vickers, you'll probably jump LSU and stay – well, jump up one spot from seven to six. Yeah. But still it projects to be a good week in recruiting for OU. And they still got – this they is, got a, they got a ton of targets out yeah, there. Yeah, they still have a bunch of big time targets out there, and and maybe things have changed. There, it's always constantly, uh, you know, in flux. But there's a lot of big names that they feel really good about, and who knows? Like my guess is, you've got what 20 commits right now. You may lose a couple throughout the season as some of these guys take visits, and maybe I—I I mean, yeah, I, maybe it's just kind of. I mean, I'm not saying that I sense weakness in any of the 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 guys that have committed, but I just kind of, I just kind of cook that in with how recruiting goes, right? Like, there's it feels like yeah. you're in, you're out. There's one, two guys. I would take that, the under on two. I don't. Yeah. I, I really I just I don't I don't you, feel like anything's imminent here. You sound resolute that these commitments are ironclad. Yeah. Real quick before we hit a break, um, I told you about this last year or what earlier this off season. So on three had okay. Here's our top three hundred, and here's where the majority of the elite players are coming from. And I told you about the drop in California that we saw in last year's class. Right. It's holding up again here in this class, too. Texas has the most top 300 players with 52. Mm-hmm. Florida is right behind at 51. Georgia at 28. California at 21. Then Alabama at 19. Louisiana at 16. Right. That's two cycles in a row, and maybe it goes back further than, than just those two, that California's slipping on top 300 kids. Yeah. They don't seem to be the recruiting honey hole that they were 20 years ago or and 10 years ago. And it's crazy because they have by far the biggest population of any of those states. And like what who they're closest to, Alabama with 19, Alabama they probably have 10 times the population oh, yeah, of, no of doubt. Alabama. So that's pretty wild. Huh? And Louisiana is probably about the same, um, and and they're kind of Georgia's just booming with talent, man. Yeah, Woo. yeah. The Atlanta area is putting out a ton of players, ton of prospects. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. We are the ref, the home of Sooner fans. And I just looked at the map of all of our online listeners right now. Yeah. We've got someone listening uh, in the UK right now. We got someone listening in Toronto right now. Lakewood, Washington, hmm. Jupiter, Florida, Marietta, Georgia. Just a uh, few of the uh, Towns, cities, whatever to to be listed here. It's pretty cool. What what was the town in the UK? Did it say Lawton? Lot Lawton? L O U G H T O N. Hmm. Okay. What about that <laughs> different kind of Lawton. That's I was even about how to you say it. I was trying. I wasn't quick enough to come up What's with Lawton? a Lawton joke. Shady five eighty. For... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not so much there. I Couldn't come up with the. I'm not fast enough to come up with a Lawton joke for uh, for the UK. There's just too many there. It was hard to pick between uh, just one of them. Yeah. Best conferences in college football this year says twenty four seven. The SEC one, the Big Ten two, 
The Big 12-3. Yeah. I think that's pretty straightforward, isn't it? There's really – I don't think there's any comparison or any alternate ranking than that at the time. The the ACC used to have somewhat of a claim against the Big 12, but – Not now, man. Florida State's a dumpster fire. If Miami can do yeah. something, then maybe, but Virginia Tech getting bad really hurt. Florida State again. Uh, who else are we missing in the ACC that's been punks here recently? North Carolina last year, it was, well, I hope we're the most underrated team because we were the most overrated team last year. Right. Uh, I, I'm looking at the U and their schedule. They could they could do something. They got to win that A&M game, which I have predicted that Miami will win that A&M game in College Station this year. If they win the, record. the A&M game. It would not. They would not have to be very good at all to be like ten and zero. Well, remember uh, the year OU was in the Rose Bowl. That was twenty seventeen season. Yeah, they were eleven and zero, and they or ten and zero or eleven and zero, and they lost. I think at Pitt, they lost the uh, the ACC championship game to Clemson, and then they lost the Orange Bowl to Wisconsin. <laughs> nice. Pure Miami fashion there. So we yeah. have seen this before. They like the AM game is by far the hardest game on their schedule. Bethune Cookman, Southern Miss at AM, Middle Tennessee, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Duke, Virginia, Florida State at Georgia Tech, and then they end uh, at Clemson and Pitt. So a, a not very good, like Oklahoma State. Would run this schedule yeah. to Clemson, sure. Except for, I mean, maybe the A and M game. I, I, who knows what you're going to get from A and M? I don't think they're very good, but you know, who knows? I'll tell you a sneaky tough schedule that someone has, and it's not going to change your opinion whatsoever on how good they are this year. Notre Dame at home, top five team to start the year, I believe. Wisconsin at home, going to be a top twenty, top twenty five team. At Michigan State was in a New Year's Six Bowl game last year. Iowa at home, at Penn State, Michigan at home. It's a pretty T- tough schedule, right? TOSU? Doesn't change your mind at all yeah. about Ohio State, does it? That's a tough schedule, though. It is. That is a tough schedule. Um, I, I guess defensively, if they don't show massive improvement, then that could be something. I just – all of those teams – I think Wisconsin's defense is going to be incredible. But I don't think they're going to be able to score with them. No, I don't either. I don't think Michigan State is going to be able to score with them. Michigan, I just don't think any of those teams are going to be able Some to compete with Some people are really starting to trend on Michigan late, man. Nah. Like making the playoff good. Nah. I'm like, okay, they got a quarterback battle going on. They lost some good players. But there's like, it's like, go look at their schedule. They got a really easy start to the year. Okay. I'm just not as, I'm not there on Michigan yet. They do have an easy start to the year. Colorado State, Hawaii, Yukon, Maryland, all at home, and then they go on the road at Iowa. And then Indiana and yeah, it's it's a it's a easy uh, schedule, but I I don't think Michigan's going to be as good as they were last year. I think they're going to be 
I think they're going to be about what they've routinely been. Which could be Ohio State's kryptonite, to be fair. A tough, hard-nosed team that can run the ball really well. I'm with you, dude. Ohio State's offense is so good this year. That's got a chance to be a lot of trouble for Michigan. I'm, I'm just saying that like, they play the style of football that yeah. Ohio State has you know, struggled with, I guess, here recently. So does, like, I would say that the Wisconsin game for Ohio State is going to be more difficult than the Michigan game. Yeah, could be. But, you know, who knows? I would say right now Ohio State beats Michigan by 50. <laughs> that They're going to be – Oh, they'll turn it up for that They're going to be on sure. fire in uh, that one. By the way, good point on the text line about California and how they've slipped in just overall football rankings in, in terms of top 300 players. Yeah. Um, California could be slipping because of the California COVID restrictions. The other states mentioned with California were all open during the pandemic. California was not. There's just – there seems to be a lot of people leaving that state and going elsewhere yeah. right now. I don't know how many people are moving in, but judging by the people that are leaving, I, I wouldn't feel like a ton of people are just moving into California these days. Well, here's the thing, and we talked about this whenever Lincoln Riley first made the move to the University of Southern Cal. I think the rating of your recruits in your local area – has a lot to do with how good the local schools are. When when Alabama wasn't very good, I bet the recruits in that area weren't as highly thought of. But when they're in, they're in your own backyard and you watch them, you know about them early on, you offer them early, and you're as good as Alabama is, those players uh, climb the rankings pretty quickly. If... If USC was as good as a bunch of random people think they're going to be this year, those recruiting rankings for the team for the players that they recruit out there would start to rise. Fair point, but everyone in Texas has sucked for ten years and they they still get rated high. It's different. That's true. Know, but that's know. true. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap things up next. Final segment of the day, closing it up, Riverwind Casino and Hotel, bringing you the final hour of the rush. Live on the ref for the homeless Sooner fans, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We found our uh, listener from the UK, Steve Harrison, tweeted at us and said, hey, uh, that's me, out here uh, listening in UK. What's up, guys? Our Lawton listener from the UK, his, Fish uh, and Chips. His profile says barbecue, beer, bourbon, Oklahoma Sooners. Do you so, think they have barbecue... In, in the UK? Yeah, but I think it looks like a lot like the uh, New York City barbecue picks that we oh. see. It's two strips of uh, <laughs> two strips of dry brisket and a pickle on top. A pickle and just a bunch of bread. Hmm. Interesting. I don't I guess I don't know a whole lot about the cuisine over there other than fish and chips. And uh no, that's Scottish eggs is what I'm thinking of. I'm sure you can yeah, still that, find some of That's over there. the same, yeah. That that counts. Uh, Oregon's not going to the Big Ten, are they? Yes. You think so? Oh, yeah. That'd be To be announced soon? Uh, Oregon and Washington. I don't know how quickly it's announced. I don't know if it's if it's announced. Um, I, you know, typically those things are leaked, and 
the fact that someone said that they're in preliminary talks, in my mind, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but that's usually when I feel like the deal is done. I don't care one way or the other about Washington and definitely Oregon. I hope that they don't get into the Big Ten right? just because of USC. Yeah. I don't want USC to have a couple life rafts out there on the West Coast. I want them to feel the pain of having to go to Iowa City in late November. Yeah, well, I don't know. We'll see. All right, that's it for us. You guys were fantastic today on the text line. We appreciate you. You guys drive the show. We're just along for the ride. Thank you to Pacifico. You guys go have a cold one.